This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Danny Wexelman with Adam McCalvey, who covers the Brewers for MLB.com. Adam, we are recording this podcast on Halloween Day, so I must know from you, what was your best Halloween costume growing up and what's your favorite candy? Oh God! Favorite candy is impossible. My favorite candy is is that's easier. It's probably um, microwave Skittles are at the near the top of my list. I don't even want to know what those are. Yes, we have done that in the press box at Miller Park before with with our friend Mark Sheldon to um, you know explore how certain candies are really good warmed up. Starburst, interesting. The flavored uh, Tootsie Rolls. And Skittles. That was during a normal day, right? <laughs> uh, might have been just before a normal game. So, yeah, if, if it's non-microwave version, it's jelly beans. I love jelly beans. I'm, I'm grateful for that. Um, and I'm also grateful, Adam, that you cover the Brewers because you're about to fill in a couple of blanks for us because this is a pretty big big week in baseball. Now, everyone thinks that we're in the off season, but I tell people it's not the off season; it's the other season because it's just as busy right now because a lot of decisions have to be made. So we're going to start. We talked about Mike Moustakas last week, but we're going to talk about Moose and Joaquin Soria. Um, I think no surprise they elected free agency, um, but well, how does that impact the team and what decisions have to be made now? Well, I mean, you're right that there's no offseason because these um, the Brewers' first moves came on the day after the, the final game of the World Series. So there literally was no offseason. Um, these moves came on the second day. And, you know, for Mike Moustakas, I wasn't surprised. He is a guy who uh, free agency did not treat him well last year. And he took that one-year deal with an option from the Royals. And I, I think my expectation was that at 30, after another pretty productive year, he would try to go get the multi-year deal he had hoped to get last season and didn't get. So I think he, it didn't surprise me at all that he would take another shot at that. It doesn't mean he won't be back in Milwaukee. It just means that he's going to test the waters first. Um, Soria, I was, you know, I, I guess I was surprised and maybe I shouldn't have been. His option was for $10 million, which sounded like a lot for a, a 35-year-old reliever. Um, but he also declined. And, I, you know, it's a sign of the value uh, that relief pitchers – command right now they are in in high demand and this is a guy who had the second best strikeout rate um of his career and you know had another pretty good year between the white Sox and brewers and i think well obviously the fact that he didn't accept the option you know he feels like there's more than 10 million dollars out there uh, to get so it's um maybe a, a a signal and a reminder that relief pitchers are to some degree king right now in baseball and they are commanding salaries that are way above what um, what they've gotten in the past. So, you know, as far as what it means, I mean, I, I think it just starts the process of what could be a, another creative offseason for the Brewers. I mean, the way I look at it is 
it's it's no there's no sense in looking at where we think the Brewers have holes because David Stearns is going to do something to totally surprise us because he's done that every year so far that he's been in charge. Um, last year, obviously, the big moves were getting both Kane and Yelich on the same day. And, you know, that was a team, the Brewers, that looked like they were set enough. It looked like they didn't need any outfielders. We were all talking about starting pitching, and he went out and got two of the best outfielders that were on the market. So he's going to surprise us again. There's going to be some creative combination of moves. Um, they will definitely add pitching. Uh, they will probably add relief pitching. And, you know, again, the, the fact that Soria elects free agency doesn't mean necessarily that he won't be back. Um, although, it, it, you know, I, I'd be surprised if the Brewers start giving out a bunch of multi-year deals to, uh, to relievers. Okay. All right. That, that is really interesting how the market shifts like that. Um, and obviously we saw um, a lot of teams changing the way they're managing their bullpen. Um, obviously the, the postseason is, is a free-for-all. You got to do what you got to do. But um, we definitely saw some different things uh, in the 2018 season. So uh, we'll, we'll keep our eye on that. But the next guy I want to talk about is JT Real Muto. And um, you brought him up because he basically told the Marlins, I'm not coming back next year. Um, and the odds of him being in a different uniform uh, are really good. Uh, he had 21 home runs, 74 RBI, uh, 277 batting average, and made $2.9 million. He's under team contract for two more seasons. Could he be the Brewers' next catcher? Well, I think the Brewers are going to be on the list of teams and a pretty long list of teams that – get linked to him this offseason and make a play for him this offseason. Because if you're a club that wants to do something about your catching situation, this is as good a player as is out there. Um, it's a thin position. It's always been kind of a thin position. And there's just not a long list of players that you, that teams can look at to come in and make an impact. So, you know, the what I saw is the agent saying he feels like it's likely that Real Muto is wearing a different uniform at the start of next season. Remember last year, Christian Yelich's agent kind of did the same nudge, like, you know, let's try to get this guy moved. And it worked, you know, it, it worked. Um, so, uh, you know, look, the Marlins are still going to get a lot for a guy that has two years of control and plays a position that there's just not a lot of talent. Um, and that, that, that definitely makes a difference. So, you know, I, I don't know if the Brewers will get him. I know that Christian Yelich would love it. Those guys are pretty much best friends. Yelich and them and Ramuto were roommates in the minor leagues up to the big leagues. Uh, Yelich was there the night that Ramuto met his, who's now his wife. You know, they are as close as two friends in baseball can possibly be. And Yelich thinks the guy is, you know, he says I'm biased, but I think he's the best catcher in baseball. So, you know, it's, for whatever that's worth, that's a, that's a, a maybe a side factor in this. But the main factor is that this is a really talented player. Um, it's a position that the Brewers could upgrade if they choose to make another investment in terms of prospects. But they're not going to be the only team that's looking at this guy. And, and that's certainly going to play a factor in what the Marlins end up getting for him. It's really interesting, Adam, because I feel like we see it maybe more in the NBA uh, where guys are going to teams because they know someone there or their friends, yeah. hey, come play with me. Um, but I do feel like we've seen it a little bit more in baseball the past couple of years, a little bit with the Cubs. Um, but this could be an interesting case of the Brewers winning out over another team because of Christian Yelich. 
Um, so that's uh, that's really interesting to me to, to wait and see what his decision factors will be on that on that case. Do you think? I mean. How much do you think that that is a factor in their decisions over, you know, taking a bit of a pay cut? Is that possible? Well, it would be different if it were a free agent. But I think the thing to remember is this is a, a player who's under club control and the Marlins are the ones who control who they send him to, not the player himself. Um, and, you know, that in that sense, you know, it's still it's going to take it's going to take. A lot, some good players, some good prospects to get the deal done. You know, what they have, what the sides have working for them is, you know, the Marlins know very well what the Brewers have in their system because they probably went through a long list of prospects before they got to the four that Milwaukee sent to Miami for Yelich last January. So there's a pretty good, I, I would say, a, a, you know, you would think theoretically that the Marlins would have some, uh, you know, eyes on some other players in the system if they were to begin talking about this, that, you know, some of the groundwork has been laid for, for whatever that's worth. You know, again, it's, it's so hard to predict where a guy is going to get traded, especially a guy that's drawing interest from a lot of different teams, because there are so many variables involved and um, so many different combinations of deals that a team could take. Do they go for high-end talent in a smaller number of players? Do they go for a larger pool of players? You know, just try to get a bunch of prospects and, and hope a, a couple of them pan out. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to go when you hold one of the biggest trade pieces going into an, an offseason. And when there's an, it's different too, I think, in an offseason versus in July, when you have an entire offseason to sort this out, I think that changes the, the talks a little bit. So I, I don't know. It would be a nice story if they ended up back together, but I'm not certain that the friendship is going to play a role in where uh, where Realmuto ends up. Just a pipe dream for me, Adam. Just a pipe dream. Well, you always like the good the good human interest <laughs> stories, and that would definitely yeah. be one. Yeah, they get me every time. Um, okay, last thing, Adam. We're going to talk about uh, Brewers' top prospect, Keston Hira. He made the AFL Rising Stars um, and playing in that Fall Stars game uh, recently. And Milwaukee... Milwaukee's going crazy over this guy. He's just 21 years old. Uh, is he gonna? He's not gonna make the opening day roster, is he? Uh, no, he's not. And I keep, you know, I keep sharing the the updates from the fall league, and every single time it, it generates, you know, a dozen questions about whether he's going to be the opening day second baseman. Remember, that's a position we talked about this last week, Danny. That. There's some question marks for the Brewers. They have Jonathan Scope, who's arbitration eligible, coming off just a terrible second half in Milwaukee. They maybe have Travis Shaw at second base if they have someone else at third because Shaw showed he could play that position. They have a really good prospect, Mauricio Dubon, who's coming back from ACL surgery. He'll be, they think, ready to go by the start of spring training. So he's kind of in the equation. So there's all these floating pieces, and we don't know how they're going to work out. And a lot of people say, why not just this guy is, yes, he's young, um, but look, he's just mashed everywhere he's gone. Let's just get that bat in the big league lineup because it looks like he can handle it. You know, spring training last year, big league camp gave a little bit of a preview of that. Um, but I, I, I think a little dose of reality is necessary. Uh, he, this kid has had one full professional season. He spent the second half of last year at double A. Um, this is a, you know, it's got to be step by step. You can't, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. I think opening day is a, is a bit of a stretch. 
Okay. And and small correction on my part, little asterisk. He's 22 now, 90 days 22. 22. So he's more 21 than 22. He ended his season as, as 21. Uh, so he's 22 now, but still, um, I, I do agree with you. But exciting, right? Exciting to have a guy like that and have a bat that you can look forward to because we talk about this all the time. These guys get drafted and you don't see them for five years. You forget about them. But this guy, is he's making a splash um, in the fall league, which is awesome. That's what that league is for to give guys more reps but also kind of get you accustomed to some names that you're going to start seeing in your clubs more um so good on him uh brewers fans you know take the foot off the gas for just a little second but not too long it won't be too long till he's up there making an impact i'm sure unless he's traded danny which is you know look and if if they're going to make an impact trade you know every single discussion is going to start with this kid keston Hira. so that's always something to keep in mind, too, is that these prospects are always playing for their team, but they're always playing for 29 other teams as well. And when you're super, when you're kind of in that elite prospect level, you know that a lot of clubs have eyes on you um, at the same time. So that's another little little thing to hang out there. So we'll, we'll see what his, where his path takes him. But the really good thing for him is healthy. He's had, you know, he was drafted with an elbow issue. Um, it looks like he's navigating that well he's throwing all his stuff in the field is is good from what we hear um and he continues to just absolutely rake a wealth of knowledge as always my friend adam mccalvey who covers the brewers for mlb.com if you would like to follow adam or watch his cool instagram stories um about melting skittles in the microwave (laughs) <laughs> um, but also you can go to MLB.com slash Brewers and read all of his great work there because he's going to have uh, one one tab, two tabs, five tabs on this team um, come opening day, and then we'll get rolling again. But, Adam, we're going to chat next week, and uh, you never know, JT Real Muto could be a Brewer. Uh, I will take the under on that, and but we will definitely – I will take the over on us talking next week. <laughs> Okay, I like it. I'll take those odds, too. Uh, Listen, thank you again so much. I love chatting with you. With Adam McCalvey, I'm Danny Wexelman. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.